Welcome back to Geek Life, Pandamanga.com's very own podcast. I'm JP. As always with me is my fearless co-host, Joe. I say thee. Welcome to Free Comic Book Day. Free Comic Book Day! Ah! We are here recording live at Waterfront Comics in lovely Sassoon, California. At Free Comic Book Day. More May 4th. May the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you, John. May the 4th be with you always. <laughs> with us today, we also have the admin. So, I was thinking about this the other day. Getting a QR code tattoo seems like a good idea on the surface, but you know the instant that you let your website lapse, it's going to be porn, and then you're going to have a porn QR code for the rest right of your life. Right directly on your butt. Yeah. That's almost kind of appropriate, though, you know? Wait, who said anything about on your butt? That's awfully specific. We need to move forward. Start Let's stop talking tattoo. about this. Wow. <laughs> also, we have Pinku. <laughs> <laughs> and Neuro. My podcast brings all the visitors to the website. Yeah, buddy. And they're like, shut up. <laughs> awesome. So today, today we are actually going to, because it's a special event, we're going to forego our normal indie spotlight. We'll get back to that next Wednesday. Today we're specifically going to talk about the casting cast. This is what we're calling our subject today. This was Joe's idea. So Joe, why don't you break it down for us? All right. So since Iron Man 3 is fresh in the theaters get closer yesterday to the at the time of this recording, we are going to talk amongst ourselves and get a bunch of the people down here at Waterfront Comics today to come and give us their two cents, talking about the best and worst casting choices in comic book movies. And then also the movie that we always wish they would make. And who to put in the lead. Exactly. So I'm sure we've all got favorite comics that have just never been made into movies, and we always thought, man, that would be sick, and I know exactly who should play the main character. Well, this is what we're going to find out from the Geek Life crew as well as our lovely listeners today and uh, free comic book day patrons. All right, so why don't we get started? What do we think is the very, very best choice ever? Joe. Best choice ever. It's not one that I thought at the time, but grew on me quite a bit. Yeah. Andrew Garfield for Peter Parker. Yeah, that was good, right? Yeah, he plays a really surprisingly good high school Peter Parker. Yeah, I was really surprised. Snarky little butthead... The snark happened. was missing from oh from Toby Maguire. From Toby Maguire, yeah, not snarky enough. He was too like kind and genuine with those big blue eyes. Yeah. Well, because his name's Toby. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. So 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 other than being snarky, do you think that he like looked the part better, or, like just better actor? I, I or what? I don't think he looked the part at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was, I would agree. Which was really what put me off when I first heard the uh, the choice for the casting. But then seeing him act out Peter Parker, it it just worked for me. I agree. That's definitely an excellent, excellent choice. Okay, Neuro, who do you think is your very favorite comic book cast choice ever? Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with something obvious like uh, Tony Stark. Robert Downey Jr., yes, stop stealing my stuff. <laughs> it's okay. Yes, Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man. I think uh, that was cast perfectly. I think he looks good and... Uh, the, the uh, personality is just spot on. Yeah, I would agree. Precious few casting choices have ever been finer than Robert Downey no, Jr. Seriously, when I first heard Robert Downey Jr. for Tony Stark and saw like the picture of him, right, like accepting the role, I'm like, it's eerie. Holy shit! <laughs> I think the best part, since you know, this is something that I was going to say anyway. Nero. Sorry, we didn't coordinate. We should make coordinate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think the best part about it is, is that he really didn't have much of anything going on before this. So yeah. it was like the role that saved his career so he's really into it oh yeah and seeing him at comic-con is probably the best like this past year he had the iron man glove going on and he's just yeah. skipping through the audience like yes yeah oh man iron man totally saved saved robert downey jr completely 
Although I've heard recently that he's not really sure that he's going to continue to be Iron Man. No, dude, that, that was an April Fool's joke. Yeah. Well, no, um, no, no, no. I was listening specifically. There was an article he was talking about where he was quoted saying, "As soon as he's overstayed his welcome, he's done." And it's his opinion of how soon he's overstayed his welcome. Was that the one you're talking about? No, 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 no. There was one that actually said after the end of the filming of Iron Man Three, he was done. But once again, it was an April Fool's joke. Right. Well, I think I think also the only thing, other thing, news-wise, that people have talked about with that is that. Robert Downey Jr. is notoriously expensive, and Marvel yeah. is notoriously cheap. Once again, that is from the April Fool's Oh, is it really? Yes. Oh, man. F***ing April Fool's jokes. Yeah. I swear, April Fool's jokes on the internet are just mean as hell. The April Fool's jokes are especially brutal at thinking because they always make shit that I want. And then they're like, April Fool's is like, no, well, make that for me. At least half the time they actually do go back and... I want the lightning... I want the, the wizard jacket. And that, yeah. that's not going to happen. But it was awesome. You know what? It's all about the Tauntaun... Uh, the Tauntaun sleeping bag is completely made, made from so awesome. I would awesome. agree, yes. Also, the, the Batman... Uh, did you see the, the Batman family stickers? No. Oh, my God. So it's Batman and then two gravestones. Oh. So you know, like, the family stickers they put on the back yeah. of the truck? Yeah, that yeah, is, yeah, it was great. That is messed up. I want those. No. <laughs> I think with all the recent stuff, he's up to four gravestones, isn't he? Absolutely. Wow, yeah, he's... Does it count if all they the come back, though? Oh, huh. I mean, well, that one has to be uh, disturbed then. <laughs> I guess oh, there it is. <laughs> like, no, one, like, yeah. like, I think you, you could argue that the Todd that we knew died then. You know, mm. this came back as a quite a different guy, didn't he? He did. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Pinku, your choice for the very best comic casting choice ever. Okay, maybe I'm a little indoctrinated since I've been paying attention to Wizards casting calls since you know the '90s, but sure. um, Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier. Oh, so good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. an. It's so easy though. Because of that, yeah, because it's been, you know, the idea has, you know, been around forever, yeah. but I, I think it's correct. It's no, really, it's another one of those that you're like, oh, yeah, he was born to play that role. <laughs> right, well, I mean, it's one of those, like, just nerdgasm moments because everybody forever was like, if they're ever making a movie with Xavier, it's going to be Stewart. I mean, there's nobody else. There's nobody else. Like, also, does that guy age? I don't think he ages. I think 20 years, 30 years from now, if they have another X Men movie where Xavier is part of the cast, he could still be playing Xavier because the dude doesn't age. I'm cool no. with that. Maybe they'll make a better X Men movie for once. Yes. <laughs> maybe maybe he should be Ra's al Ghul. Okay, that's James probably what it is. Oh my god. But that's only reason. That would be amazing. <laughs> yes. oh, let's back up and do that. Yeah, Ra's al I think that he would do a good Ra's al Ghul. Not only because huh. he might be able to look the part and act it well, but also because he never ages. He's got a cool voice, oh. too. I, yes, I he does. I want. I would love to get him to do, like, you're listening to Geek Life. This is Patrick Stewart. That would be sick. <laughs> I don't so know, dude. Liam Neeson was pretty badass. True. Yeah. True. Plus, with uh, Stewart, it'd be weird to see him with, like, even some semblance of hair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe, like, like, the side stuff going on, that'd be a little strange. <laughs> it might be too jarring for the people. I don't perhaps, know. perhaps. Okay, next up, the admin. What is your choice for the very best comic book movie casting Yeah, no, ever? it was Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, you got ganked. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, that's good. Can you think of anything else last minute, or...? No. Nah, it's okay. Not to put you on the spot. All right, JP, what do you got? <laughs> okay, this, this, is, this is old school. I think that Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Oh, my God, oh, yes. Right? That was a oh, great man. casting choice. Now, I mean, the Penguin seemed a little bit more dignified in the comic books than he yeah. was in that movie, but still, no matter what incarnation they decide to make, there's no one else on the earth that is better for that part. Really? Yeah. You really do. Like, every time you imagine the Penguin, too, you hear his voice. I know, right? Well, no, now I the hear Nolan North. are equal with their erogenous zones blown sky high. You know what? You know what? I do have somebody. This is going to sound weird and I don't even 100% agree with it except sometimes okay so same movie 
freaking Joker. I kind of look at him in comics and he still looks that way to me. I would agree, yes. I love the version that Heath Ledger did, but still, Nicholson had the smile. Like, he did have the, the smile. Joker's smile. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I think that Ledger's version of the Joker was good for that universe. But it didn't seem, I don't know, it was definitely pretty divergent from the comic books, you know? Yeah, it, it was very modern. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, cool. Well, why don't we get some people from uh, from the comic book day to see what they think, okay? All right. Sounds like a plan. Throw on the speakers. Okay, we've got Jay here, and he's going to tell us what he thinks the very best comic book movie casting choice ever is. Uh, I would have to say The Avengers. Just all of them? Yeah, all of them. I mean, they picked everyone so perfectly. I mean, you know, you got Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Man already looks like he's Thor. I know, right? Yeah. Robert Downey's already, we already knew him as Iron Man. And two of us already chose Downey as, like, the best. Yeah. Downey, I mean, if you've seen Iron Man 3, then, you know, you know what's going on. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, Chris Evans, good Captain America. Sure, Badass. sure. Better Captain America than Human Torch. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo better Hulk than Edward Norton or Eric Bain. You know, the funny thing is is that I'm a bigger fan of Edward Norton as an actor, but yeah. I think that Ruffalo was a much better choice. Oh, yeah, because he was he had that, like, kind of like emo-ish, but yet kind of, eh, f- it, kind of mentality. So, I mean, perfect for... And then Samuel Jackson has to be Nick Fury. Absolutely. There's no one else. There's no one else. I mean, as soon as Nick Fury changed his race, (laughs) then he was the right person. (laughs) Because we don't want David Hasselhoff running the, uh, remember that movie in the 90s? Yes. Yes, I do. Wasn't there a point in the comics, Joe, where they were all sitting around and somebody said, if they were going to make a movie, who do you think could play you, Nick? And he's like, oh, Sam Jackson. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I remember the movie starting off where he's banging away in a mine. Right. And someone finds out, like, Nick, we need you. He's like, really? Is that how S.H.I.E.L.D. starts? <laughs> he gets really so bored, he's banging away. The mind, come on. That's awesome. So, but a related note, I had a uh, friend send me a 10-page thing on Facebook, which, by the way, should never do that. Right? I hate it when people write books yeah, on Facebook. Page, well, he, he <laughs> is trying to write the Justice League script. Oh, wow. And has no idea what comic books are. <laughs> and so he comes to me and goes, here, read this and tell me what you think. And I'm like, okay, this should be fun. Let, let me give you the uh, cliff notes before I bore you all to death. Um, first of all, he wants Barry Allen as a teenager, and he wants to get his powers at a uh, school bombing. Why? I have no idea. No. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Oh, though. no, it gets I, worse? It gets worse. <laughs> it gets much worse. He doesn't know what Superman use. He still thought that Christopher Reeves was alive. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. That's an awkward Did you call. let him down slowly? No. no, 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 no. <laughs> Good. Let him down no. swift and hard. He earns it. But, um, Dead, bro. Which I did. I did a review on my, uh, not to shamelessly plug anything. No, but, plug uh, yourself. What do, what do you got? Uh, I have a YouTube channel called uh, Short Nerdy Guy, and the show is called Coffee and Comics. Nice. I ripped him, a new one, <laughs> on there because it's horrible. Also, he wanted to use the new Green Lantern. As the bad guy in the halfway through the story, and then join the Justice League later on at the end. That is so wrong on so many levels. <laughs> I know, and I was like, listen, number one, you need to pick one Flash. He's like, there's more than one Flash? Okay, I'm done. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have said that. That might have been a can of worms right there. Yeah, I'm like, I'm done talking to you, and hopefully you have fun. Cool. Which, by the way, I had to make another video. And that got more views than the one I ripped him on. Nice, nice. So, Gee, well, thank you so much for putting in your no two problem. cents. Have a good day. 
Okay, we've got Dave here, and he's going to tell us his very best comic book movie casting choice. Dave. What? You guys have already discussed him. That's Robert Downey Jr. by far. I mean, True. See him in action brings tears to my eyes. He's the embodiment of everything I expected from Iron Man. Next would be Sir Ian McKellum as Magneto. Mm, nice. Oh, yeah. He's a little yes. old. but A I little old and not buff enough, but other than that... The, the presence. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. I am down with that. Patrick Stewart, of course. Sure, sure. So. Some good stuff. Cool. Thanks, man. Oh, my pleasure. Okay, we've got Antoine with us, and he's going to tell us what he thinks is the very best comic book movie casting choice ever. Well, I think my favorite cast is Batman. He's the best. They they film him. From the Nolan movies? Yes, yes. Okay, okay. They film him best. They get all the characteristics, and I think he's tight. So you think that this version of Batman is the best one? Yes. What about Michael Keaton? No Keaton love? (laughs) <laughs> Come on now. Hi, man. We're getting old. Well, he's good too. But, yeah. Why don't you love me, John? <laughs> I'm the best Batman. It's no, all no, about no, Keaton. No. That's it's me. ended with Keaton, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> nice, well, nice, cool. So that's so the most recent, the, the Nolan Batman series, best Batman casting ever. Yes. All right. Thanks, man. I think if he said George Clooney. You would have had to charge him for it. Hey, George Clooney. Uh, <laughs> Bat nipples. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Draw me with boobs. <laughs> I need my bad nipples. Uh, <gasps> All right. Time for boobs only, Justice. <laughs> bad nipples. All right, thanks, man. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a quick musical break. When we get back, we're going to talk about the very, very worst comic book casting decisions in movies ever. You're listening to Geek Life. Stick with us. Now we're talking about the very, very worst comic book casting movie choices of all time. Yeah, there's so many to pick from. So many to pick from. Joe, what is your choice? All right. Michael Sarah as Scott Pilgrim. Ooh. Oh, just. Yeah. Ooh. Well, okay. I oh, love that movie anyway, though, I you know? Lo- it was such a good movie, but he was so emo. 
Yeah, he was he was Michael Sarah as Scott Pilgrim but, yeah. instead what of been Scott Pilgrim. Then honestly, I have no idea. That's the problem. Been. Like you could pick a dude off the street though and have him be Scott Pilgrim, and just as oh, long yeah. as he looks scruffy enough, I'm as long as he's scruffy right. and selfish and an asshole, he can be Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, that's, that's fair. It's pretty much Toby McGuire. <laughs> that would actually be kind of interesting. Toby oh, he Mark did do a pretty good emo in the movie, right? Oh, well, yeah. that dance scene, if that's any indication. Oh, I know, right? Oh, dear. Oh, <laughs> we dear. know he's already got the musical thing going on. Oh, God. Oh, to be fair, Culkin was an absolutely perfect Wallace. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine anybody else doing a better job at being Wallace. No, the rest of that movie was fantastically cast. Yeah, I agree. Well, down to... Um, Gideon, Knives... Yeah. Oh, Gideon. Yeah, Gideon. Yeah. Um... Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman was awesome yeah. as Gideon. Yeah. He is yes. a perfect Gideon. So good. Just pulled that one out of nowhere. He did. Yeah, absolutely. I saw him in there. I was like, Schwartzman? But sure enough, he's good. Because he was he's like too little. And Gideon's this big, tall, elongated, crazy, narcissistic psycho. Yeah. You know? But it worked. It did work. Okay. Nero, who do you think is the very worst choice ever? Uh, okay. And remember, if you get mine, I will ruin you. That's okay. <laughs> so, uh... First X Men movie, okay. I thought Rogue was was not a great cast. Really? That's fair. Mm, That's I fair. I can see that. I was indifferent to her, I suppose. Like being being like Rogue number one fan and all. No, you, no probably probably. <laughs> well, she was like Rogue Lee in that she one. Was, like, I mean, she wasn't even horrible puberty. Like, and yeah, she was. But yeah, she wasn't time. really Rogue. That's not though. the Rogue I know and love. Right, no, exactly. Fair. She was definitely the seventies Rogue. Yeah. Yeah, the one who who was misguided and yeah. all that before she uh, came crying to the door of Xavier's mansion. Right? Exactly. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, good choice, good choice, Nero. Yeah, I like that one. She's cute. Yeah, she's. But she's not rogue. <laughs> anyway, okay, Pinku. What do you think is the worst choice? That chick whose name I don't even want to know. Who was who was Emma Frost in X Men? What the hell? I hate that movie. <laughs> wait, we've got our audience nodding their head. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Which X Men? What the hell? I hate that. Hate that movie. <laughs> the one oh, with the, the first Emma Frost class. cosplayer. First in class. It? No, there there were two. She popped up twice. Oh right! Oh no, and not Wolverine not the Wolverine. And, uh, okay, class. that one like that one doesn't even exist because she didn't even hit the radar. But the one in First Class, which is a horrible movie. Yeah, that was. Okay, oh, and I have no sick. idea why people like that movie at all. Did anyone like that movie? Yes. Every time I said something on Facebook, my friends would be like, hey, "I really like the movie. I thought it was good." And I'm like, what you know what? I think that it, I think on? that maybe it was a well-made movie, but it didn't appreciate the comics very because well. Because what plot? Yeah, I know, but I mean, Submarine. It, it did, but it did the Hollywood blockbuster popcorn thing pretty well. But you know, historical reference for no reason. True, true. Except that it takes place in the history. It's in the history. <laughs> Inside the history. Like yeah, so I don't even want to know her name. Uh, she should just you know be that snooty chick on Mad Men and <laughs> whatever. Okay, all right, Admin, you've been you've been lording over us with your obscure reference for the worst comic casting ever in a movie. Just dusting my hands off here. Okay, so it's a good actor, terrible movie, terrible casting. Chow Young Fat as Master Roshi in Dragon Ball. Oh, good choice. I did not even watch that. That movie. is a good choice. That's a terrible I'm freaking sorry, movie. Yeah, movie at all. Uh, yeah, no, it uh, it was awful. Awful, every part of it, but the fact that he was Roshi confused the hell out of me. <laughs> was he even, I don't know, bald? No, 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 no. He right, was just Chow Young Fat hanging out in a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> like, it Seriously. seemed to me that there wasn't really any casting in It that looked movie. like a fan web movie. No, I mean, it was like, really yeah. like, you know, who oh, oh. do we have on set today? Right. Well, well, we got it's this like Drunk term. History Presents yeah. Master Roshi. He's so Asian bad. enough. Uh, I'm surprised Christopher Walken didn't just wander on set. <laughs> I didn't watch it a second time to wow. check the background, so he could have been there. Oh, but yeah, Roshi, that was weird. 
Yeah, that's good. And I like that one. No, you know how animals have that instinct where they know to avoid things? That's what happened when I saw the Dragon Ball movie preview. As a matter of fact, I was going to say everybody from the Dragon Ball movie. <laughs> what about Spike as Piccolo? You know, James Marsters and I have a long history of me loving him. <laughs> Ever since Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I admit it, on air, I love that show. And Spike was one of the best things about it. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, uh, you know, he did, he was probably the best in that movie, but it was still terrible. It yeah. was just terrible. I mean, not only was the movie terrible, but the casting was terrible. And it's like all of a sudden, all of these obviously from the comics, like Asian kids and Asian dudes, they're all freaking white kids. And it's just it didn't work. It was terrible. And then, I mean, just come on. My Every single part, person in that movie was wrong. My favorite part was how Bulma's blue hair was just a streak. Right? And also, I don't see you didn't see it, Piku, but there was a scene, a legitimate scene, where her streak switched sides of her head. Yes, so good. CG streak or something? No, no, it was real. It's just like, <laughs> did she put the? I guess she put the extension yeah, on the wrong side of her wrong head. Side. Oh dear. It was so good, bad. so good. Nobody caught that. This <laughs> was bit. No, not in post. Yeah, no, it was bad. All right, well, those are a bunch of good ideas, but why don't we open it up to our audience? We got quite a crowd. Quite a crowd here, quite a crowd. Looks like they have some opinions. Okay, we have Victor with us today, and he's going to tell us what he thinks is the very worst choice of a comic book movie cast ever. I have two of them. Let's hear it. Catwoman, played by Harley Berry. Oh, that was... Oh, that's true. Michelle Pfeiffer knocked that out of the park. Yeah. And I don't know which Batman, but he, he, Mr. Freeze, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well done, sir. Those no. are two very good. Yes. So what is it about the Catwoman with Halle Berry that just rubs you the wrong way? I like the movie. I just did not like the way that she was like, oh, catnip. And just started rubbing He's rubbing, rubbing his face right face. now. You can't see, but it's funny. <laughs> like rubbing her face with catnip, like. And the way she would like twitch her head every yeah, time like someone. Yeah, like the way like. Like, like she was having a Tourette's like she'd stick. see like <laughs> spiders and everything so we're like Catwoman's not like a cat she's a person with cat abilities but she's a cat burglar that's why her name yeah. is Catwoman she has cat abilities but she doesn't have like the full blown cat like oh I can freaking see a spider from like a microscope area <laughs> that's kind of like making Bruce Wayne going I need some blood <laughs> <laughs> right exactly <laughs> your second one what? Schwarzenegger is freeze he sounded like Schwarzenegger? Yes. <laughs> I thought as Californians we were legally obligated to like that performance. No. Oh, right. Uh, the governor. Anyway. <laughs> it, it didn't go good with Mr. Freeze. In Arkham City, it just, he was so better in Arkham City. Arkham, Arkham anything. Sign Arkham. me up. So exciting. In that movie, he was just horrible. Have they, have they really decided for that to be like a prequel Silver Age thing, Joe? Have you looked into that at all? Um, I haven't. I've heard people talking about it yeah. being not modern. So, yeah. interesting. Anyway. Okay, we're here with Martha, and she's going to tell us what she thinks is the worst casting choice for comic book movie ever. Well, it's, I guess, I don't really know if it's comic, but the last Airbender movie for Avatar. And the uh, you know, I think it, that's close enough. I think every comic, comic book geek in the universe appreciates those shows. That movie was just terrible. Yes. Well, they're making the, a sequel, right? Are they really? Are they, are they really? Oh, what a oh twist. I thought they cut that. No, they got it was private more, funding for it. Private oh. funding? Private funding. Cosplayers do better. Oh, who, yes. is going to, do. who is going to fund Shyamalan ever again? Shyamalan. Uh, oh, yeah, I see. Much. He still has money? What the twist? Okay, that was a what twist. What a twist? That was a twist. It was a bit of a twist. Is there any any character in particular that just stood out to you as just awful from that one? Most all of them. Most all of them. That's much. fair. That's fair. Okay, thanks, Martha. 
We have with us today the heiress to the Waterfront Comics dynasty, Taylor. Hi. <laughs> hey, so tell us what you think is the very worst choice for casting in a comic book movie. I have two. This isn't technically a comic book one, but I have to say something about the Hunger Games. Okay, go for it. The lady who played Katniss, she is more of like a comedy person, not much of a serious type deal. You know what's funny? She just won an Academy Award for a serious role. Oh, really? Yes, really. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. But I agree. I felt like I felt like it was almost a completely different actor in this other movie. It was called Silver Linings Playbook, mm-hmm. and it was a really fine film, but it was like, holy crap, who is this person? She didn't act anywhere near at that level in the Hunger Games movie. I mean it could I mean there's a lot of elements that go into making a movie good, but I see where you're coming from with that one. And there's one of the problems, like in, in a lot of the flashbacks, she has a lot of duck faces. A duck face? <laughs> she does do duck face a lot. That's kind of her deal. It just she also looks like her eyes are going two different ways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's man. freaking awesome. Almost as bad as Kristen Stewart, but still not. The many, funny. many faces of Kristen Stewart, or one face, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anybody else in that movie that you thought they did a good job casting-wise? I think that, yeah, she did a pretty good job. Those just the faces were the ones The faces. Couldn't. So you just think that Katniss Everdeen doesn't do the duck face? Yeah. That's just not part of her character? Yeah, she's more of, like, the tough, brave For sure, no. Lady. I've read the books. I totally agree with you. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Taylor. Oh, and... And you, one other one? Oh, yeah. The Let's Airbender movie, I heard I heard that you got a lot of stuff about that. Yeah, absolutely. When I saw the trailer, I was like, why is everybody white? <laughs> I think that I think that a lot of us felt that way. Yeah, and it's just... And then why is the Fire Nation Indian? When did that happen? Right. Yeah, and <laughs> it's not it's like, what I thought Zuko looked like at all. Yes. And I, I think, like, the only Asian one was Zuko's uncle. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uncle. It's always the elder who's got to be Asian, right? Right, of course. Yeah, well, because only Asian people get old. <laughs> oh, possibly. I just thought because like they're the scariest kind of people ever. I mean, you know, from experience. Anyway. <laughs> Pinky's Asian, by the way, you guys. <laughs> She's not just being really racist. She gets a free card. <laughs> and also, it's just like I noticed that Shara and Sokka, like they were both pale white and. Where the heck are these people? It's called makeup people. I know. You know, the funny thing about that movie in particular that really killed me was that they tried to cover an entire season in not even a two and a half hour movie. It was a one, maybe an hour and a half movie. And it's like they got to this epic, the epic stuff. And there were some things in it that were kind of sort of epic still. And you never got a chance to get to know the characters. Unless you watch the show, you have no clue who any of these people are. It, the movie didn't endear you to them at all. You were like, I don't care that all this, oh, his his girlfriend. It's like none of that stuff matters because you never had a chance to get to know the characters in the movie at all. You know, I think it was the biggest failing of the whole movie. That entire movie reminded me of that scene in the movie Clue where they're going through and recreating the crimes. So yes. it was like everybody was running from room to room. Right, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way. Cool. And also, I hope they make a Legend of Korra movie, because that would be good. And then do a good job with it? Yeah, and I hope it's just not them. If it's, if it's like someone right. If it's not screen, Shyamalan. Yeah, if it's not them. Hire, hire Abrams, that's the way. Yeah. <laughs> Might be okay with cool. it. Cool, thank you. Thank you. Antoine is back to put his two cents in on this topic as well. Antoine, what's your worst casting choice movie ever? Chris Evans. I... I like as him. what? He's, there's two well, characters yes. he's played. Chris Evans as the Human Torch in Fantastic Four and Captain America. So just Chris Evans, period? Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. 
why they had like Hollywood. They had to do that. You're just like screw that guy. Yes. Yeah. Well, like he was. Do you good think he did in, a like, good job in either of the movies? Um, he was in. He was good in Fantastic Four, but they should have did like a different guy for Captain America. So you feel like that just breaks the universe? Yes, because like eventually they're gonna have like put like all Marvel heroes together, and like is he gonna play the two same heroes? Or? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, if they ever try to have those, do those guys cross paths very much in the comics? Oh, in the yeah. comics all the time. Yeah, yeah all the time. Always. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's like, gonna be awkward. It's like Superboy going back into a different universe, and like he sees himself. Sure. Yeah. It'd be like, like Parent Trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, have that, that would be hilarious. I would watch that movie if he played both those, of them in the same movie. I, know, I would like, laugh so hard. It's like, it's like, oh, you look just like me. What, what happened? I don't even understand. <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Okay, we have Samantha here, and she's gonna tell us who she thinks was the worst casting choice in a comic movie ever. Whoever played the guy in the newest Green Lantern movie? <laughs> we were just, just talking about talking that about off mic. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. So did you like him as Deadpool? Um, no. <laughs> You're just like, Ryan Reynolds, that guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so did you just thought he was a terrible choice? Yeah. W- what about him bothered you? Um, I'm pretty sure the original Green Lantern was supposed to be black, so... Uh, He's the third one? The original, original Green Lantern was like a white magician guy, right? Yeah. Well, the and one then, I watched when I was younger, he was oh. always black, so... Oh, yeah, when I watched one that the, newest one, it was yeah, a little awkward for me. Yeah, yeah, that I could be... the most current one, and then one of the other ones were black. Yeah. The one on the cartoon. The one in the cartoon was black, yeah. Interesting, interesting. So, we've actually had that come up a bunch, people talking about Avatar The Last Airbender and how weird it was to have everybody be like white and Indian instead of Asian in general. Mm-hmm. You know, so you really feel like that is just jarring and it just kind of ruins the whole experience. Yeah. You dislike his job as an actor in that movie as well? Um, no, I think he did a pretty good job. Just, just bad casting choice. Just, yeah. Just not the right look. Yeah. I see. Cool, thank you. Thank you. All right, well, that was really fun to hear from a bunch of people out there and getting their uh, ideas about what the worst, worst one is. That's a lot of complaints about the Avatar movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Several people had a problem with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it's good to hear from kids. I always like to see that kids I guess are still It's pretty fun, yeah, movies. absolutely, absolutely. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a quick musical break. You're listening to Geek Life. Stick with us. final piece of the comics casting cast segment is what comic book have you always desired to be turned into a movie and who should play the main character or better yet just some casting ideas so Joe you're first what comic book have you always wanted to be seen turned into a movie and who should play the main character recent favorite character of mine is the immortal iron fist the immortal iron fist yes Uh, Danny Rand grows up in a mystical city out in the Himalayas and trains to be an immortal weapon and can make his fist as a thing unto iron. You know, kung fu comic, but... That sounds kind of amazing. Yeah. It, it's actually really good, and Ed Brubaker did a really freaking good oh, Brubaker, run nice. on it. Nice. So, a couple years ago at the Horror Sci-Fi Con, we ran into Ray Park, who did... That's course, right. Dark and Hen- Henry got the... Uh, Got the signature on the sword and then started the vendetta that's lasted forever with 
Chewbacca, right? Is that, exactly. that's, that that's was that same. con? That's the same. This is the one and the same. <laughs> but as he was leaving, I just said hi, shook his hand, and I guess I had read somewhere on the internet that uh, he was being looked at to play Iron Fist. Uh, so I asked him, so, is that true? Is that, no, not yet, but I'd love to play it. He'd be great. He would be so freaking great as Danny Rand. You, you know, he was actually one of the ninjas in the most recent G.I. Joe movie. Yep. Oh, yeah. He's yep. uh, he's played um, is the, the Snake Eyes. Yeah. Snake Eyes, yeah. The last two. Yeah. It's hilarious. He, he's always, like, whenever there's some kind of a martial arts, physically intense role that you don't get to see your face, it's always Ray Park. Oh, he did Toad, too, and he even got a couple of speaking lines. Sure, but, I mean, he's almost always got a copious amount of makeup or a mask. True. I'd yeah. like to see him just in a movie, you know? Yeah. He's so tiny, though. I think that's the problem. You think so? He's a petite man. <laughs> He's tiny, but he would take out a dude three times his size, no problem. Well, when you're that size, you have to. Sure, sure. No, he's awesome. Okay. Neuro, what comic book have you always wanted to see turn into a movie and who should play? A lot, probably a lot of themes here, and this is horrible, but I don't count the original Avatar movie, and maybe it's not a comic, but I would really like to see a well-done movie it's out a, of the Avatar It's a comic series. now. That would be uh, and, uh, Avatar is in a fantastic... The Airbender you're talking about, yeah? Yes. Yeah, it's such a fantastic, fantastic story. I would love to see it in a, 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 a proper movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And as far as casting choices, I was thinking about Will Smith's little guy maybe uh, playing the main character. No. The, kid, the kid can act. I mean... There's that. I'm like, no. Yeah, see, uh, it's not very popular, but uh, at least I put it out there. Just because he was in Karate Kid? Well, he's got some, he's got some art, martial arts By the way, can I air, can I air some frustration with that? It was not Karate Kid. It was, it was the same Kid. Stewie, but it should have been Kung Fu Kid. Let's like, just get... I know that sounds stupid. No, it was like Kung Fu effect. Exchange Student. Yeah, okay. it was really frustrating. Yeah. Karate Kid has a very special place in my heart, and I was pissed yeah. that they did Kung Fu. Although it was a great movie, I just wish they would have changed it. I like Jackie Chan. Anything they do Jackie to like... Well, no, the whole movie was great, but anything they do to mix up the public understanding of what different martial arts are and things like that it's is incredibly frustrating. Chinese, right? Yeah. Uh. Karate, that's that's Korean, right? No. Uh. Punch you in the face. All right. Pinku, what you got? All right. Um, Art Spiegelman's Mouse. Okay. Have you guys read that? I have not. Tell us about it. Okay. Uh. Art Spiegelman himself, his father was a survivor from World War II, so it was pretty much him doing a comic about how he was asking his father to tell him a story about what it was like when they were put in the concentration camps. But That sounds amazing. But also part of that story is him and his relationship with his dad, which is, you know, like it shows how easy and how hard it is at times and them getting over the death of his mother, which was after the war, right. mind you. And it, and all the characters are animals. So all the, all the Jews, Jews are, mouse, are, mice. are mice. The Nazis are cats. So it's yeah. Mao's. Oh, the ADN Comic Club did that recently. They talked about it. Oh, that. yeah. It is a great comic. And app, That's app.net for any of you who aren't familiar with that. It's a really, really cool social network. Totally check it out. I, uh, I don't see. I don't have anyone particularly in mind for the casting because I think it would really be a cool CG movie. Sure. And that sort of thing. But I also like it just because. You want to see fact. Fantastic Mr. Fox Mouse style? Well, that might be all right. It might be good as a stop motion kind of thing. But I think I like it because it speaks volumes for the entire medium of yeah. comics and yeah. movies, and it would be a great piece of animation. Because when I hear people say stuff like, "Oh, animation is just for kids. It's not serious or anything like that," I kindly direct them to Grave of the Fireflies and then laugh as they sob. It for seems days like the kind end. of story that someone like Will Eisner would be a big proponent for. Yeah. Oh. It has like a ton of Eisner Awards. Mouse does. It's yeah. Like it, it, yeah. It's one of the most critically acclaimed comics. It ever. is one of my few like if we had to rate it, it was one of my few fives. Wow. 
wow, really? Yes. We so clearly need to read you need this. You need to borrow it. I'm going to lend yes, it to you. Yes, I will read it. That sounds good. Yeah, so like I actually, you know, like broke down crying as I'm reading this wow. book. So when people don't take the medium seriously, I just want to hit them with these things and be like, take it. Yeah, now. Oh, cute little animals, huh? <laughs> Cry more, you know. <laughs> so awesome, would, you awesome. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know about their eyelids open and make them read it. It's okay. I, th- yes. I, think, I think because it's animals, it makes sense that there's not a casting choice. But, you know, I don't know, maybe voiceovers? You know, whatever anyway. works. Whatever, you know, makes it good. Okay, cool. So this is really twisted and weird, and in a lot of ways, I feel like it would be the worst thing ever, but I still want to see it done, and I want it specifically done in America. F***ing Sailor Moon. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. shit, that'd be awesome. It would be I'd awful, watch it. but I would I'd watch, watch it a couple times. You'd own it. You'd have yeah. the Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Wait. Oh, you're, wow. not, uh, you're not feeling the original live action that they tried to do, the American no. version? Ugh. With the chick in the wheelchair and the, uh, I don't know, Benetton. Uh, it was, it was, it was American? They did, Oh, no, they did an American adaptation in the 90s wow. that was aborted quickly for good reason. That's hilarious. I didn't know they did that. I know yeah, that it's they, popular to do live action versions of anime in Japan. Like, I can remember a Cutie Honey one from back in the day. Yeah, well, Japan <laughs> has live action Sailor Moon musicals, which are just yeah. the f***ing weirdest thing on the planet. Well, Sounds amazing. Too, for a while, right? Did they? Yeah, yeah, live action Sailor Moon. My friends would not shut up about it, and maybe one day I'll watch it. Like, I'm, I've only seen the, the musicals. I smell a movie night. Yeah. yeah no, it's it's like a freaking TV series. It goes on for a while. Still. I don't know. No, you gotta do American. It's gotta be American. It's gotta be awkward. It'd be horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so you're looking forward to the awkward, but like it's that's gotta part have of a it. Big budget, so we can have those fancy transformation sequences. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh and all the parents groups mad about the pseudo nudity. Yeah, but right. of course. Yes. All right. Well, it's come around to me. I guess I'll share with my idea. So I've always been a fan of a, I think, underappreciated character, Michael Morbius. Typically shows up in the Spider-Man zone. I think he's a really cool character, and I think that just the, the conflict that he comes across is really interesting because he really doesn't want anything to do with having powers or being good or bad. He's not a villain that ha- wants to take over the world. He's not a good guy that wants to do good things and save the world. He just wants to save his people because of the terrible genetic problem that they've got. And so because of that and his vigor and interest in trying to make that happen, he ends up testing something on himself and turning into essentially the living vampire Michael Morbius. I just think he's a really interesting, layered, complicated character, like a lot of characters are in the uh, Spider-Man-verse, I guess. I mean, I know it's all Marvel, but more or less, there's sort of pockets, you know? The the Spider-Man corner of the Marvel. Sure, exactly, exactly. You know, and honestly, I would be fine with if if it was a Spider-Man movie where they had Michael Morbius in it and did him well, but I'd be fine with just a Michael Morbius movie where Peter Parker was just kind of an auxiliary character or something, Hmm. not the main character. But I think he's an interesting character, and it'd be cool to see him on the big screen. And I think that he should be played by Gerard Butler. And here's why. <laughs> Has anybody seen Dracula 2000? Yes. yes. That's why. <laughs> okay. Because when he was, because when he slims down and shaves his face, he's pretty. He's not just <laughs> scruffy, gruffy man that everybody thinks he's such a cool thing. He's a pretty boy. He really is. Huh. And he was great in that movie. If you haven't seen Dracula 2000, if you like vampire movies, go check that one out. That one's really entertaining and probably has one of the most interesting ideas of the origin of vampires I've ever heard of, which I won't spoil here. But so that's my choice. That's my choice. (laughs) Well, why don't we open it up to the audience out there, yeah? I think that's about time. All right, I am here with the one, the only, John Harder from Waterfront Comics. Thanks for having us here today, John. Thanks for coming out. Awesome, awesome. Well, John's going to weigh in on this subject. So we're talking about what comic book have you always wanted to be seen made into a movie? So, John. The book that I've always wanted to see into a movie or TV show is the 90s comic produced by DC Comics called Starman. Starman. Yeah. And that's completely out of left field for everyone. I'm do you sure. guys, do, do you remember that one, Joe? 
Yeah, I started reading the 90s Star Man. It was so good. So I, can tell I us a little bit. It too, didn't I, Joe? I think you did. Actually. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about it, Joe? It, it's to me my favorite comic of all time. Really? Yeah. And you know that's saying a that lot. That is saying a lot. But I think it came right at that time because it came out when I was about 20, 21. Sure. When you're trying to discover your place in your world, and it was about the son of the Golden Age Star Man, Jack Knight. Okay. Who is forced to inherit his dad's superhero role after his brother's killed. Oh, so pick up the mantle. Yeah, pick up the mantle I kind see. of thing. Yeah. And it focuses on the father-son relationship where they weren't really close. Oh, that sounds interesting. So it has that whole father-son dynamic. And the Jack Knight is a antique store owner. So he's into old antique sure. stuff, sure. comics, Japanese toys. Nice. You know, all the kind of stuff that me as a early 20-year-old was really into for sure you know so it, it kind of felt like it spoke to me yeah he had no interest in doing the superhero thing his brother did and that actually but he but for some reason his brother wasn't the one that stepped in his brother got killed oh okay yeah. and then so first it was night kind of, out yeah the first night out nice so it was basically his it started out was to avenge the brother and then after the first storyline he took over so the father wasn't tempted to go back into doing the superhero role sure but instead focusing on being a scientist role in life and to make the world better that way cool it ran 90 issues wow and it was a complete story throughout wow and then at the end of the series you went from seeing this young guy to someone who's now mature has a kid and leaving the mantle behind and he passes it on wow that sounds awesome I mean it could run like seven seasons as a TV series. Nice. And perfect. So. Cool. And it was only ever like loosely based in the DC universe. Okay. Like a couple of the Golden Age heroes were mentioned or showed up. But, but it was pretty that, pretty standalone? It yeah. was very standalone. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Like, Would you say that it was a little bit more, like more realistic? or? Abs- yeah, as realistic as anyone well, holding sh- on to a cosmic rod, flying around and shooting bolts. Sure, 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 sure. sure. Could be, but, yeah, but, but not yeah. like super groups and stuff no, all over no, the place. It and, was yeah. towards the end there when they restarted the Justice Society comic. He was in there for a couple issues. But for the most part, it was standalone. And you didn't have to be reading all the other DC comics to know what was happening in it. And it, recommend it to anyone that's looking for. That's you know, that, do you have a trade of that? Maybe. Yeah, they, they've put out all the issues. Volume? Yeah, on the six bus? omnibuses. Six. Volume. The first Woo. three are available now in soft cover for like thirty bucks. Nice. So you and you can like, get them at Waterfront Comics yes, in Sassoon, yes. California. <laughs> but definitely check that out. We and, will. And who would play it? I don't know. Think of any. You know, non-douchey, 20-something-year-old actor. <laughs> okay, oh, sure. That's tough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is tricky. It's a lot more earnest. Yeah, but it sounds like a complex role. Yeah. yeah. And it, actually, the cool thing about it was the city he lived in mm. became as much of a character in the comic as any other character. Really? Yeah, you actually felt like you could walk the streets of Opal City after reading that comic. That's awesome. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, John. Thanks, guys, Thanks for, for coming for out. Sharing I really and, appreciate it. Absolutely. And, uh, We've had a fun day. We certainly have. It's not over yet. All right. Thanks, man. Okay, we've got John R. Foltz at the microphone, and he's actually here as an exhibitor today at Free Comic Book Day at Waterford Comics. So tell us a little bit about yourself today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm here today pimping copies of uh, Seven Princes, Seven Kings, my first two novels, and uh, Primordia, which is a graphic novel I did with Archaea Comics a few years ago. So it's a lot of fun. It's really fun to be here. We, we got the shade, too, so we lucked out. We did. We got the shade. Thank you so much for sharing your chairs. It made a big difference. Oh, no problem. <laughs> so the subject is, what comic book have you always just been dying to see on the screen? 
I put a lot of thought into this. Good. And the Inhumans. The they're Inhumans. They're one of my favorite comics. Tell us a little bit about that. The Inhumans, to me, it's like the uh, the neglected side of the Marvel Universe. You, know, you have you have a family dynamic. You almost have a Shakespearean thing going on here with Black Bolt, King of the Inhumans, living in a secret city, secret society. Do they Everybody interact with the rest of the universe very much? They interact mainly with the Fantastic Four. Okay. Although recently, Black Bolt's star has been on the rise. Black Bolt is showing up everywhere. He's really? uh, starring in the new Infinity crossover. Oh, nice. He was in War of Kings. He's in the Illuminati, which is now called the New Avengers. So he's showing up every month in the New Avengers book. So this is good for me because I've I've been a Black Bolt fan since I was a kid. For sure. And I've always wanted to see more of him. But here's the thing about Black Bolt. He doesn't talk. So naturally, Does he no have one... like inner monologue you can understand? Yeah. Okay. You, if you read the Paul Jenkins, J. Lee Inhumans from 1999, I think. Okay. Great inner monologue for Black Bolt there. And that's the way you have to do him. Either he has to have inner monologue or he has or to just, say nothing. Okay. Because oh, his yeah. merest whisper is the power of like a thousand nuclear bombs or something like oh, that. Oh, I see. Wow. Anyway, he, he, he has to use... The, uh, oh, sorry. Sign, he developed a sign language with his wife Medusa, though. Yeah, they almost have sort of a telepathic rapport, mm. Him, he and his wife, where she kind of like, he'll just look at her and she'll know what he's thinking and, you know, kind of translates his... He's the king, so she translates his orders. Sure. I think it would be a great movie because you've got special effects. You know, you've got this entire city, this fantastical city. Not only is it a city, but it transforms into a spacecraft. Nice. It takes off into the cosmos. That's you know? awesome. So you can have cosmic adventures. Or they've hidden the city on the moon before. They've hidden it in the Himalayas. And the world, they're kind of like the X-Men to the nth degree because the world hates and fears them. Hmm. But they don't care. They're do like, they save the world on a regular basis as um, well? As a side effect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, they'll face... Like, oops, all right, yeah, I guess They're pretty much keep to themselves. And really? In the classic 12-issue series that I was mentioning with Jay Lee and Paul Jenkins, right. one of their big enemies is the human race. Because they're like, why are you on this planet? We're going to bomb you off this planet. And, wow. And they're saying, we were here before you, humans. So some commentary uh, on the destructive nature of humanity in the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I've just always been fascinated with Black Bolt because here's a guy who has the ultimate restraint. Sure. His power is so great that his whisper yeah. can level mountains. Right. If he screams, he could annihilate an entire planet. I see. So he doesn't have cut vocal cords. He just learns through meditation and mental discipline mm -hmm. not to speak. So just amazing willpower. Yeah. And there's a thing in his past where when he was a kid, when his power first developed, he destroyed his entire house by saying a word and destroyed his parents. Wow. And of course, he's got the mad brother Maximus, who's mm -hmm. a, the evil inhuman, who's always causing trouble. And the rest of the main inhumans are his cousins. You got uh, Karnak, who's sort of a kung fu guy. Gorgon, who's a raging force of nature. Uh, Medusa, with her living uh, hair, which is right. really cool. And uh, who am I forgetting? Triton, uh, the fish guy. Triton, Crystal. And then there's Crystal, who's like the... In the Munsters, there was always the one girl who was just normal. Right. That's like Crystal. <laughs> which so I, she, so she, is she supposed to be the lens with which you kind of look through? For yeah, the, I mean, in the classic... Like, in you the classic, associate with her? In the Fantastic Four Kirby Lee original run, she dated the Human Torch. So she's oh. the only inhuman... She was the only inhuman who looked human. Okay. And then uh, Johnny found out she was from this secret society of freaks, basically, with all these weird powers. So, But the cool thing about it to me has always been the fact that it's Black Bolt who rules this entire race of omnipowered beings, sure. but can't speak a word. Mm. And he's so powerful that he has to constantly guard himself against annihilating everything he cares for. There's actually one issue in the 70s where in order to escape somebody who had captured him, he literally had to blow the city down. He wow. literally had to scream until the city fell apart. But they've rebuilt Attila in the secret city many, many times. Sure. And 
And every time it seems to get a little bit bigger, now it's a spaceship. So. <laughs> awesome. And so I have some ideas for casting. Okay, let's hear it. Well, for Black Bolt, you got to have someone who can have a great screen presence without a lot of dialogue. Okay. Or who could do a really killer voiceover. I don't think they would ever have a main character without some kind of voiceover. Mm-hmm. You know, a totally mute main character. We're not going to see that. But Guy Pierce, I think, has a presence that could do it. Yeah. And I'm thinking Leo DiCaprio could do it. Yeah. Now that he's about the right age. Sure. Yeah, he could be a good Black Bolt. For Karnak, you know, you want to get somebody like Jet Li. Sure. Somebody who can really bring the kung fu. Gorgon, for me, the only one person who could play Gorgon is Ron Perlman. Nice. <laughs> Lantern-jawed Hellboy himself. I sure. love Ron Perlman. He's yeah, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. For Medusa, I'm thinking Charlize Theron would be a good choice. But, you know, um, She's beautiful. I, I probably could have thought of 12 other people to play sure. that role. The same with Maximus and Triton. I'm not real sure, but Triton could be totally CGI because he's kind of a fish guy. Okay. And then there's the Watcher, who seems to interact with them a lot, because they used to live on the moon. Mm. I don't know, you'd have to pick, if you're going to do the Watcher in a movie, you'd have to pick, is it the old school big fat guy Watcher, or is it the new school guy with a small body and a giant head? And either way, (laughs) he could probably be a CGI fellow. But I just have to say, I don't think they'll ever do an Inhumans movie. I think if they do appear, they're going to be in the background of other Marvel hero movies. Sure. Because that's the way they use them in the comics universe. Really? But who knows? Maybe they could get a little fan club going and you know there's going to be scads of marvel movies coming to us in the next decade or two you know we are in the middle of the golden age of just superhero movies in general and so it's unprecedented to have comic movies that actually don't suck and now they're extraordinary you know i mean yeah some good some great but on the whole they're all pretty damn good these days and i think that none of us have any clue where it's going to go i would assert that hollywood goes where the money is and if it's we're making enough money, who knows? Pretty soon, they may be scrambling for all kinds of crazy, obscure things that are Absolutely. not mainstream, and we might be able to get some things like the Inhumans. That'd Absolutely. Cool. Bring me my Inhumans movie. Yes, do it. <laughs> but I think before they do that, they're going to relaunch Fantastic Four. Mm. That's what they I'm hearing. They need to relaunch. They need to, let, they need to let Marvel bring them back into the fold. Yeah, and I think they're going... The Inhumans originally came out as a subplot in Fantastic yeah. Four. So they're probably going to... Re-establish so they've the got to have first. Fantastic Four re-established, then bring in the Inhumans, and then side movie. Absolutely. There That's what they need to do, and I'm perfectly willing to write and direct that movie. <laughs> so speaking of your writing career, why don't you plug yourself? Where can people find your books? What are you about? Um, the easiest thing to do would be go to my website, johnrfoltz.com. That's okay. F-U-L-T-Z, and it'll tell you all about my books. I have an epic fantasy trilogy from Orbit Books. It's called Books of the Shaper, consisting of seven princes, seven kings, and seven sorcerers, which will be out in December. Nice. And also various little projects here and there. Oh, I have a book of short stories coming out in uh, probably later this month. It's going to be an ebook though, so cool. that'll be announced on my website as well. Excellent. But thanks for having me. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank you for being on. Cool. Now we have with us Tatiana Dykes, who's actually the operations director of the Big Wow Comic Fest coming in... May 18th and 19th. Where's that again? San Jose. At San the Jose. So Center. tell us a little bit about your participation in that before we get into the subject. So I have been working for Big Wow for about five years. We've been working really hard the past few years to change, grow, really become the best and biggest Bay Area show that we can, especially with losing WonderCon. Uh, we have really big shoes to fill. We're really excited about the show this year. We have an amazing guest list. We have the best artist guest list in the nation, in my opinion. Awesome. Uh, plus, we have Stan Lee. Sunday Come on. I mean, you yeah. just can't get any better than Stan Lee. So we're, we're really, going. really excited. We're going. Yeah, uh, we... Definitely, you know, encourage everybody to come down. Buy your tickets in advance if you can, though, because it's going to be crazy. But it's just going to be awesome. Awesome. Exciting. Yeah. Very cool. Well, we can't wait to get out to Big Wow and come in just a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. So excited. So we're talking today about what comic have you always wanted to see turned into a movie? And who do you think should play the characters in it? So, Tatiana, what do you got for us? 
Well, after much deliberation, um, one of the comics that's always come back in my mind over the years is Preacher. Really? Uh, yeah? Okay, yeah. yeah. Preacher would be a really hard movie to make, though. I think it would do better more as like an HBO, maybe six... Like a miniseries? Yeah, miniseries yeah. kind of deal. I don't think there's any major movie publishers who'd be like, yeah, let's make a movie where they kill God at the end. I mean, I just can't <laughs> imagine... Um, so yeah, maybe an HBO. You think HBO would be like, let's do this. Yeah, they'd be like, what? Kill God at the end? Sweet. We don't Deal. even need to know anything else. <laughs> as long um, as somebody's having sex somewhere. Exactly. There's plenty of that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Giant piles of meat having sex. There we go. So um, I think it would be a fantastic miniseries on, awesome. on HBO. Awesome. And I think that's really the, the venue to really get into. I mean, Garth Ennis' stories are, there's just so much there that most people would be totally freaked out to put in a regular movie. So, <laughs> yeah. But actually, I, um, it's one of my favorite reads, you know, from back when it came out. I mean, that was, you know, I was in my late teens when sure. that book came out. And Garth Ennis is my favorite writer. So, uh, great story. There's just so many shocking moments in that book. You know, anybody who hasn't read it. I mean, it's one of the must-reads. If you say that you read comics, that you're a fanboy or a fangirl, you have to read Preacher. Nice. So, but I think that there are not a lot of people who would do a good job in that movie. So, they just be really careful at who they would pick. Have to be somebody with really a lot of talent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And speaking of Big Wow, one of the big guests that we just announced for the show is Thomas Jane. Wow. He's a good buddy yeah. at the show. He's a great guy. He's come to the show previously. I think he would play a really good Jesse Custer. That's cool. Um, he's definitely got the look for it, that, that rugged kind of look, and I think he's just got just the right personality to get that depth of character that Jesse has. Awesome. For sure. Cool. Um, and one of my favorite actors, Simon Pegg, I think would be an awesome Cassidy. Sure. He'd just do totally nuts in that role. <laughs> um, Love Simon Pegg. Absolutely, absolutely. That would be a really, really fun role for him, I think. A little bit different than what he normally does, but still sure. definitely in the vein. Sure. Can kind of put that comedy aspect in there. And then I was actually talking to John Fultz, who was just up here, buddy of mine. I was having a hard time thinking of who would play a good Daisy. And, and we were uh, thinking Ellen Page. Oh, there yeah. you go, there you go. She's, She's got some depth, that one. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And Daisy's just a super cool character, a lot of depth there. And I think um, Ellen Page has the right look for her. So you slap a blonde wig on her, I think she's good to go. <laughs> Ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you for hanging out with us, Tatiana, and we will see you at Big Wow. Great, thanks so much. All right. Well, I think that's about it from our live recording at Waterfront Comics on Free Comic Book Day. Thank you so much for listening to the Geek Life Podcast. We always love to hear from our listeners. Please email us at geeklife at pandamanga.com with your questions, comments, and insights. Anyone interested in becoming a PM contributor, visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there. Music has been provided by AirPlus Recordings. As always, links to the artists and songs featured on this episode are available in the show notes at podcast.pandamanga.com. If you'd like more information about AirPlus Recordings, visit airplusrecordings.com. This is Joe. Happy free comic book day, everybody, and we'll see you next time. And may the 4th be with you. Always.
All right. Time for boobs only justice.